Welcome to 321 Go the Podcast. I'm John Pelkey. And I'm Carissa Galloway, and we're bringing you stories from start to finish to keep the everyday athlete motivated to keep moving towards the next finish. Today, we have a very special guest, Run Disney Entertainment Director, Mark Ferreira, our close personal friend, maybe my best friend, though we'll have to ask him about that, and a lot of other great stuff, Carissa. Yeah, that's right. We'll see. Maybe Mark's going to spill the beans about any, you know, behind the scenes run Disney info. You'll have to stay tuned to find out. We're also going to talk about managing cravings and emotional eating with Healthier You. Open the mailbag to ask John a, quote, noteworthy question. Huge shout out to Katie McBride at Travel Nation, our great sponsor. Go follow her on Instagram at Travel Nation. She plans Disney vacations. She also plans vacations all over the world. So check her out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing when you're listening on Instagram. Keep listening and let's do this. Well, good afternoon, morning, as we're recording this. I had to check the clock there. But Carissa, more importantly, because your your clock may not be where everyone else's is, welcome back to the mainland. Am I allowed to say aloha when you're yes. returning from Hawaii and the Ironman World Championships? Uh, I think aloha means hello and goodbye. It is currently 1144 okay. on East Coast time, meaning it's 544 Hawaii time. I would like to take a nap. Uh, very confused on the travel and the red eye, but a long time in Hawaii, but a very rewarding time in Hawaii. Yeah. Now, okay, fill us in on this because I'm saying you're the Ironman World Championships out there in, I believe, Kona, though, never been to Hawaii. Just throwing that out there to any moneyed people listening to the podcast who might want to show Johnny Hawaii. Um, take us through what that's like because you were incredibly busy the entire time and you were there for, as you said, quite a long time. Yeah, nine nights there. Nine nights in one hotel. That's kind of strange. So yeah, so the Ironman World Championships, it's one really big day of racing, but it's quite a production because on our side, there's kids races that happen the week before. There's press conferences. There's special sort of breakouts and breakfasts that we do where we're facilitating interviews with some of the Ironman legends. There's three large stage shows, and I mean a stage bigger, Johnny, than our Run Disney stage um, in terms of size. We do about a two and a half hour. It's called Ikomo Mai, which is the welcome ceremony. There's videos. It's very much like a start line show for us with throwing to videos, bringing up sponsors, doing some interviews. Um, And then there's the awards banquet, which is another about three hour show. And then there's a volunteer banquet, which is a very fun uh, opportunity to give out prizes and celebrate the volunteers. There's a lot to do. Uh, And then, oh, yeah. You know, the world championship race, which there's a race indeed. There's a race. There's a, a 20 hour, you know, <laughs> um, race, which actually my work day for that was easier than I'm going to Ironman California tomorrow. Easier than that work day because there were five of us to sort of carry the load of everything like that. And I'm sort of, if you will, I'm actually announcer three there. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, You've so, arrived. You know, in terms of the uh, the pecking order there, but this is the first time. So the Iron Man finish line has always been carried by Mike Riley, the voice of Iron Man, who retired last year. So there's a lot of figuring out what does that finish line look like, you know, without him. So this was a women's only race. So obviously we wanted to have women's voices. So right. either myself or an Irish woman named Joanne Murphy, who was a kind of shared lead announcer with uh, a South African gentleman, Paul, Ken- Paul Kay, um, we split time on the finish line. So last year when I was there, I never went to the finish line. Wasn't, you know, that's, that's as you like to say, has a little prestige to it. Uh-huh. So uh, this was my first time I got to go to the finish line. You get a special pass. You can't even get up there. Uh, you're up in a tower without a pass. So I got to across the world championship, call people on Ironman. So that was really cool, especially because it was women and the women celebrate more. There is more emotion to it. So we had some really cool moments, but man, that was, I mean, it says a lot of work. Yeah. I was going to say, and it it differs a lot from what we do at, at a run Disney race, I would assume, because again, we have some elite runners. There are people there who put up amazing times and everything, but really it's, uh, it, it's a little, it, it's more of a party. Everybody who runs Run Disney knows that. It's more of a celebration of people. We have a lot of people running for the very first time. I doubt you had anyone at the World Championships who was doing their very first Ironman. And if they were, my goodness, what a story that would be. 
Uh, yeah, I, there was actually probably a handful of them. We had our youngest athlete. She was 18. She was one of three, and they were the first known athletes with autism to finish the Ironman World Championships as women. That's great. So sometimes Ironman will bring in sort of special stories like that yeah. and let that be their debut Ironman. But John, the real difference of Ironman and Run Disney, aside from the hours, aside from that it's a different sport, there are a lot of parties. <laughs> There's VIP parties, there's sponsor parties, there's the thank God I'm not racing party, and they all have open bars and all kinds of things. So even at the finish line, even on race day, there's there's a party 100 feet away with an open bar. So your body is taxed differently. <laughs> I think now, outside of the competing in the Ironman, the rest of this whole partying thing, I think I'm completely, completely prepared for any of that. The thank God I'm not running party, by the way. I should be hosting that. There is absolutely no doubt. So put in a good word. Sounds like a sounds like a race at Le Mans or something where, you know, there's yeah. just champagne breakfasts going on there, and all no. this stuff around it. That's, it's, that it's is true. so cool. Uh, now, let me, so balancing uh, that, different. I want to ask this question, though. I My assumption is... Your wake-up time was not quite as uh, disturbing as ours for Run Disney. I don't even want to say it out loud, only because I did not have to go to the start of the race. So I did the hot corner, and Joanne and Paul did the race start. So the race started at 6.20. They were probably there at like 4.30. I didn't wake up till 6. Wow. And it was amazing. Wow. Yeah, I just opened the door. I slid open the door because I could hear them starting the race. And then I just got ready, and I had to be up at the hot corner, which is a place where runners go by about five different times. Uh -huh. um, and then he's not listening, but shout out to our timer, Emilio. He was fantastic. Because the runners go by so many different places, we need to see their names, especially for the pro athletes. They want us to specifically call them up. So we have our timing screen on the finish line that you're familiar with, which is horizontal lines with the names that we don't use a lot for Disney because it's just too many people at once. Right. So we had four different vertical columns for the four different areas. Areas. You can see the person's name, their flag, uh, if it's their birthday on it. And then we had to put tape. Like, this is the down road. This is the up road. This is the right turn. So you're very – but, like, he kept it all organized. And, uh, yeah, large wow. font. You would have been okay. I'm having, I'm having flashbacks to an Expedition Everest we did many years ago where there was one place where you announced and some of the people were coming towards the – if I remember correctly, the yes. finish and the rest of them were going on further. And we were so horribly confused. Throughout all of that, and I, I think it was it was entertaining just as confused us being as confused as we were. But see, this this seems uh, I'm 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 an old guy, and you know I'm this seems like a lot of work, a lot it of is, work. I'm I'm weighing the yeah. You don't have to be up at one a.m., but you got you're all not of done till one a.m. You know, you know, like talk about expedition Everest. That just makes me laugh because do you remember? And anybody that's an OG will remember this. There was the scavenger hunt. So it was roughly a three-mile race with obstacles. And at one point, there was a scavenger hunt. And do you remember? We couldn't understand Still don't. even working for them. Like, well, did they have to have the questions right to finish? And this was in the early years. Eventually, yep. they changed it. But like the first couple years, we were like, well, their question was wrong. They have to go back. You and I made a mess of that. Oh, today's line. interview, Mark Ferreira, and we won't get into this, I think, but he sent, spent hours trying to explain to me how it worked and to to this day i don't understand any of it it's all no. algebra to me no. I, I, we'd be I, like I turn around go back where's your clues just right confusing welcome everyone. to the halfway point not you that one that one there <laughs> raise your hand if you're finishing raise your hand if you're still in the scavenger hunt yeah anyway so uh, all right fun. so let's uh congratulations first of all I'm, I'm glad it went well for you i know you're jetting off again tomorrow uh, i have one more iron man for 2023 and then we get to – I will do the entire Run Disney season before I have another Ironman. Cool. So they're like opposite seasons, and I'm, I'm not thrilled about it, but I'm, I'm thrilled to come back to Run Disney. It's like home. Well, and you, the way your schedule's been the last – you're like a rock star on tour. You're home for like 45 minutes, and then you, you leave again. And we even have an obligation tonight that we have to go and do. We but sure do. We will, I don't know You'll if we're supposed to talk soon. about that. You'll see that Wink, wink. <laughs> yes. You can't see me winking. We'll be near water and – Relaxing. Promoting something. But racing. All right, fair enough. But relax. Uh, let's talk about Wine and Dine. We are very, very close. These uh, Run Disney seasons sneak up on you, quite frankly, because I, I, I'm going out of town this weekend. 
um, this coming weekend, uh, or excuse me, next weekend, and then I'm back for for the race. So it, you know, it seems like, oh, well, we don't run Disney seasons a ways off. And now here we are, you know, just a, a little over a week away or so. Um, what are you most looking forward to? This one, Wine and Dine is always like, you know, that first day back at school, kind of seeing everybody. So you haven't seen Riley since springtime, right? Right, right. How excited are you to see your, your good buddy Riles? You're just nodding. It sure, doesn't no, seem very excited. Yes. Like, uh, it's no, fine. No, no, it's, it's great to see. It's great to see Riley. And we're going to try to uh, strong heart, arm him into sticking around for an extra day and doing the pod. We'll see. Uh, you know, he can be... Uh, you know, he could be set in his ways. So we'll see. And I, I would say that to him. So I'm, I'm, no no offense Yeah, there, we but know that. he's a huge podcast listener. He could not, he, he loves it. I, I'm like, sure. I, I'm sure. He may, may not know how to, to find the podcast. I, I, he, he may not. And when he does find it, I would get like a, like emails with just notes and notes and notes about what I'm I doing improperly. So that. perhaps it's best. Perhaps it's best. Uh, yeah, no, I would agree with you. It's just, again, we haven't done it since, what, April, I guess. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, while we've done we've we've done it so f- often now, particularly you and I, it, it feels familiar when you jump back in. But it really is the first first day of school. It's always interesting to see if there are any changes, um, uh, what uh, what some of the new entertainment might be. And uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Maybe Mark Ferrer will be talking about that a little bit later, possibly. Yeah, don't want to give away too much, but uh, just excited to get back into it. And but once it starts, boy, I tell you, it's over in a in a hot minute. Next I know we got to really kind of appreciate it. Next thing we'll know, we'll be in the heart of Marathon and Dopey, which is so early this year, I believe. Like really early in January. Is it? I, I haven't yeah, looked Yeah, I think forward. like I need, third, I fourth, something like that. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Just, I need to I look just, forward. I was just looking at that. But no, I'm excited to get back. I'm excited for Figment. I know you're excited for <sighs> Figment too, because you've always say, I'm contractually obligated to call out everyone in a Figment costume. Well, John, you might have put... Your money where your mouth just, you're going to be figment, 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 figment. You know, like, uh, yeah, maybe you need, like, a call. Like I, need a to put, I need to get a button on uh, the finish line DJ's thing with the recorded figment, and so I can just keep hitting the button. Figment, 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 figment. figment, figment. figment. Yeah. Something, something like that, because I have a feeling, to, to your point, going to be a lot of figments. It's good May, to see And you, maybe even you'll be a figment. I don't know. I, I Oh, do, maybe I, you'll be the old guy in the thing with the hat. The dream you maker? Know, the... In the, the in the old figment, wasn't there a guy with a hat? Yeah, yeah. It's like it was, I think he was called yeah. the Dream Maker Maybe or Dream you. Warriors, which I believe that is a Dawkins so song for a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. So he's probably not Dream Warrior, <laughs> uh, but Dream Maker or some something like that. The Dream, yeah. the, all the all the Disnoids are just going to be all over us for not knowing. And clearly, we don't <laughs> talk about this with Mark. So, no. but that would be a that would be fun. Yeah, that, that and would be Riley fun. could be a giant figment. That would be terrifying. Now, see, Riley. Look, Riley has more the stature of the dream, the not dream warrior. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to Dawkins' Dream Warriors when this is over. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, he has more of that. I, I think I would be more on the figment side, but I but I doubt that. Is there a character in Journey to Imagination that you see right at the beginning and then never see again? Because that would be me. So I may actually be dressed as an attraction attendant. At Journey to Imagination, okay. so I just like please enjoy the show, and then you never see me again. That's- well, there is that. Then the new one has the guy where it's like experiments that go awry, and he's a little bit crotchety. I don't really like his attitude sometimes towards Figment. He keeps telling us not to use the imagination. So uh, maybe you could be that guy. All right, I'm gonna have to check it out. I have not. I haven't been uh, back there and seen the new Journey to Imagination. It's so. not even new anymore. We can't use the word new anymore, John. Uh, it's just that's what it is. New to me. <laughs> okay, we will try. You know that post race after party, John. Maybe we'll try to. Get you into that. Johnny's not invited. No chance. Johnny. Johnny's not invited. In fact, that's what the ticket says. Uh, congratulations. You have purchased your ticket to the after party. Parenth- parenthetically, Johnny's not invited. So Johnny's not invited. Won't I went last year. Maybe I can take Jeff Galloway's ticket again and go this year. All right, John, before we jump in yep. to today's Wine and Dine focused interview, what's going on in your, your pop culture, your, your viewing world? Yeah, I get, people listening to the pod may realize I, I have a lot of free time at, at this point. That's about to end, though. My my busy season's coming up as well. Uh, so we've wrapped up another series. My wife and I jumped into Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan on oh, Amazon. Oh, the last Prime. one? What's that? Are there three seasons or four, four. seasons? Four seasons. And the Dang fourth it, season, I, I believe, behind? is only six episodes. It's a shorter season. And I think the third season only eight episodes. But if you want a good... Just roller coaster ride. If you yeah. don't mind a little violence, because it's you know CIA behind the lines sort of stuff. Um, 
John Krasinski is just terrific in it. Uh, it, it it's a fun ride. Something something different, a little bit of an action uh, thing for you. Highly recommend that. We've wrapped that one up, and we've moved on to one of my favorite, favorite comedy movies of all time. Is a movie called What We Do in the Shadows. And it is uh, it's a movie about vampires, a comic movie about vampires. And there was also a television series. And yesterday, my lovely wife and I jumped into uh, the television series. I think it's five seasons. It was on FX. I don't know if it's just streaming now. I'm, you know, again, I'm old. I don't know how this works. But um, it's really, really, really funny, silly, and smart. So I can highly recommend that. And then the final pop culture thing, the thing I'm most excited about is that tomorrow, the first Rolling Stones album in, I believe, 18 years, might be 15, should, should probably look that up beforehand, but Hackney Diamonds is coming out, the new Stones album, they've released two songs off it, sounds fabulous, a couple of good guest artists on it, Stevie Wonder, Lady Gaga, uh, Paul McCartney, Bill Wyman, the Stones' original bass player, it comes in and plays on a number, and he's been gone since the Steel Wheels tour, which is like early 2000, no, no, late 90s, I guess, to early 2000, been gone a long time. So very excited about that as a noted Rolling Stones fan, along with my friend Mark Ferreri, you're going to be hearing from him in a minute. That's one of the things we bonded on early. So new Stones album coming out tomorrow, Hackney Diamonds, trying to decide, Carissa, mm-hmm. whether I should just listen to it on one of the streaming services or if I, I owe it to myself to go out and get the vinyl tomorrow. So well, I, I think that, as you alluded to earlier, you and I have a work obligation as we're taping this, which is uh, October 19th. You and I have a work obligation. So I think yeah. that on the car ride on the way home, if you have the ability to listen to it, I don't think you're going to be able to, to not. Yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be going to be difficult. So, so probably going to happen. I, but I, so I'm, I'm probably going to do both. You I could probably, do both. I will listen. listen and, and then, then get up the next day and go. Yeah, because tomorrow I'm getting a haircut. Uh, Woo! Thankfully for, yeah, I know. I'm doing doing our little thing tonight with, with the longer hair. And then Whoa. tomorrow it's, it's going to get a little short. Not a lot shorter. Just trimming it up You'll a just, little bit. Now people will be confused. Well, people like, Who's are that guy? People are always confused. I know. I have one more thing to say before we move on. You made me think about it. Talking about movies. Um, and this gentleman, I think we're going to tape a podcast with him next week because he'll be at my house. Jeff Galloway is in a movie that came out recently on Comedy Central. It's called Office Race. Is that right, babe? Jeff Galloway makes a cameo in this movie. What? Why did I not yes. know this? I know. I, I, Wes and I have both done a terrible job of letting social media know about this. I saw, I was actually watching real TV and I saw a clip from it. It reminded me. So Office Race on Comedy Central. I don't know how you watch it if you had to like look for it on the DVR version or whatever that is, but... Jeff Galloway's in it, and he I think he's funny. Wow, and I'm, I'm looking Reggie at the Bush cast. Reggie Bush is in it. Yeah, he's with Reggie Bush commentating on a race. That's fun. I'm looking with at the Reggie cast. With Reggie Bush. Joel yeah, McHale. Yeah. Beck Bennett from Saturday Night Live. Kelsey Grammer. J.B. Smoove. Allison Hannigan. I love her. And so there the you go. players. Just, so just trying will... to see if I know anybody in this. We will talk with Jeff, uh, and then before the end of the year, we will get that podcast out to you. Maybe that's a great episode. I just made that all up. We'll do an episode on on Office Race and Jeff's feature, not feature film, TV film debut. Is it a TV? Uh, again, I was on was, Comedy uh, Central. It, so it is on Comedy Central. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, apparently, it's also available to rent on uh, Amazon Prime. There you go. Do you want me to read the elevator pitch for it? I'm going to read the elevator pitch for it. Here it is. An unmotivated office drone refuses to go the extra mile at work, but is willing to go 26.2 miles to one-up his insufferable, excuse me, boss. I'm thinking Kelsey Grammer, insufferable boss. Because, I mean, Kelsey Grammer, the Kelsey Grammer character for most things is largely insufferable. So, it's got to be. We'll see. All right. So very yeah, let's good we'll for check Jeff. that out, and then we should. I don't. I wouldn't know if even Jeff's watched the whole thing, so maybe we can do a little movie viewing here, and then we're going to have Jeff on to talk about uh, his background, talk a little about the seventy-two Olympics, Steve Prefontaine. So some good stuff in the works, but let's let's get chatting with Mark, right? As Sarge is going to come in and cut us off and tell us to shut up and move on to the interview, right? Let's do it. Okay, civilians, it's time for the goods. Let's get on to the interview. All right, here we go. Our Run Disney Entertainment Director, Mark Ferreira. Welcome to 321 Go the Podcast. 
Well, thank you very much for having me, Carissa and John. This is a pleasure. This is an honor. Uh, all the things I'm supposed to say right now. That you don't mean. I can't not laugh. I can't tell if we're doing a skit or like this is an actual professional podcast. Oh, no. Um, We go immediately into bits. Like no (laughs) ramp up of any authenticity immediately into bits. Honestly, folks, this is if you're looking for inspiring ways to get through your run, (laughs) check out a different episode. This is going to be about a little bit of nuts and bolts from Run Disney. A lot of Mark and I working out all of our family business, because as mentioned, he's the uh, my uh, brother from a different mother whose mother, by the way, Carissa, blames me for things that Mark did when he was a child long before I was even born. His mother will blame me for it. So uh, we'll 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 get into that later. But uh, this is this is going to be a very run Disney centric and very Mark and John working out family business centric. We're, so, we're all here for that. So, Mark, we're going to start at the beginning. We'd like to know your background as a human, an entertainer and director. All right. I'll start with human born in San Francisco, <laughs> uh, you know, mid-century. Maybe we'll just say that mid-century. <laughs> the last century yeah, let's point that, that out mid mid last century of course the mid last century uh san francisco california and um uh you know uh born in san francisco raised in san jose went to cal went to southern california for high school and college and then made my way to make my name uh as an actor in new york city back um during the uh early, first term of the reagan administration and um and then from there, uh, did a lot of different work, came down to Orlando, had a family and started sort of a Disney themed career, if you will, and uh, got very, very fortunate to land the ESPN club as a sports host, where I met the esteemed John Pelkey and uh, started working uh, as a performer, as a host there, as well as this sports complex where I met the lovely and talented Carissa. And so uh, from there, they... Um, you know, they thought it might be a decent idea to have me either write some stuff or direct some stuff. And so I got into all that sort of sports entertainment directing. Okay, first of all, who are they and what are they doing now that they're no longer working in the entertainment business, obviously, for, for you know, the reasons you can imagine. They, uh, they are retired. It's the uh, uh, inimitable John Phelan. Really Our fought. former director. Who's been mentioned yeah. before. He hasn't. He's a legend among sort of any group you talk to he is a legend and he was able to, he sort of plucked me from the host duties to start some directing uh things back in 08 i believe it was and so the run disney thing was a part of it i was uh his second show director for many many years for that also did some stuff on the cruise line and and some other areas uh and then he retired and then i uh fervently applied for the open Are you position. Are going to tell the real story of this? Tell the real and story. And got very, very close and was not selected because a um, man who's making his own legend as we speak among anyone you talk to, Matthew Hamill, got the gig. COVID happened and uh, they brought everyone back. Uh, and at that point, they they reassigned Matthew, you know, a few months later to another position. And I got this gig. So I've been doing it for a long time as sort of the the second show director and doing it now for about maybe eight to 10 races as the primary show director. So it's been right. a last and I've, I go back with these two hosts that you've been listening to for a long time now, radio and podcast listeners, radio, listen to me. <laughs> All right. So here. OK, well, here's the thing. Uh, you've already answered my next question. So your attempt to submarine and end my career continues as, oh, yeah. as you John, attempted. I think you can rework the question. So. All right. Uh, well, the question was, what was your first year at Run Disney and what were your responsibilities? So I'm going to change that question to what's wrong with you? No, no, no. I, I won't do that. Uh, the question. What? Gonna, so when you took over uh, or when you started helping John out those uh, those first couple of years, let's talk about that before you, you took over the, the whole wait, entertainment. No, I don't director. like that question. No. No, I think I want to know in 2008, were you directing or were you performing? Because the question begs to to come out, you know, John, you and him were at the ESPN club together. Well, why did you get the nod? And Mark didn't get the nod on the stage, on the big stage. You know, Mark did other things. Well, I... Are you asking me or are you asking oh, him? That, that's a rhetorical question. Uh, but in 2008, Mark, when you said you was your first run Disney, what did you do that year? 
That was my question. What was it going to be? What did you do that first year? There's a long way to get there. Oh, so we're working out all family business, not just Mark and mine. Great. Former show director prior to John Phelan, Carrie Carrie Brandt, who is uh, uh, doing quite well these days. And um, uh, I think he selected John to be a host way, way back when. Actually, I'd love to be. I love to. Uh, I love to do this. You're wrong. Uh, actually, it was uh, Alan Brune. We've mentioned this on the show. Who the first oh, right. year? Yeah, Alan Brune for the first year, and then Carrie took over for Alan. And I'd already gotten my foot in the door. But we we covered this on an early podcast. Clearly, you're not listening. Uh, that, uh, that that I, basically I was I, just I, I was sitting next to Alan Brune at some event that I did, and he just turned to me and went, "Hey, you you do sports, right?" And that's how I ended up getting the gig. So can I just can 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 I get on to my question, or do you need I me? Hope that it's can I go? Two thousand eight. That's that's the only question I'm accepting. First, the first well, that's what I that's what I wanted to ask. What did you do in the beginning? I I was primarily responsible for the for the start line stuff, which is what the second show director is now, sort of um writing the script. For for that, which is a laughable uh, concept, actually, if anyone uh, has watched the shows, <laughs> it primarily is a jumping off point for for Carissa, John, Riley, and and Tracy. Uh, although Riley and Tracy weren't a regular part of it back then. At any rate, I would do that. I would kind of curate all the materials that uh, we would show at the start line, whether it's uh, sponsor videos or. Uh, you know, charity videos or the synergy stuff we get back and forth. So it was primarily all the start line. Once everyone left, once every once the start line was cleared, I was done. And mm-hmm. I would often, if we were on Epcot Center Drive, I'd park my car right near the stage and I would I would, you know, kind of kind of weave my car through all of the workers, cleaning up all of the trash and the debris left by the athletes. And I would make my way out to the to the freeway and uh, I would be done. So I did that for years and years, actually. How do you wrap up the day? Just go home, take a couple of pops, maybe put some, uh, you know, put some put some TV on just, you know, basically all all beat up, relaxing. I am at the time. So I've got my whole day ahead of me and I've already put in a, you know, a, a full day's work, quote unquote. So yeah, all those things, John. Name it plus 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 plus. <laughs> and we're still we're still out there out there working. All right, well, let's talk about now. You put on your director hat. That's a big deal. So, what is it like planning a race? For example, we're right about to get to wine and dine. You know, when did you start? How many people are involved? How does that even work? Well, there it's so involved. It's remarkably involved, and I, and and we barely touch the entertainment side. Barely touches all the logistics stuff, all the road closures. All of the um, elements that run Disney, the the actual um, track shack folks, and everyone that puts the race together, we we ancillarily work with them so that we can deal with where they put medical tents, where they put water stops, where they put a variety of uh, things along the course that we have to kind of weave around for our entertainment elements. But on the entertainment side, we work with business development. And we work with marketing a lot. We work with merchandise. Everyone's trying to curate the best story, sell the most merchandise, uh, sell the most uh, tickets, obviously. And um, and so our responsibility at that point in time is to find this theme, to create a story around this theme, and then to populate the the courses with entertainment that fit that, that theme. And uh, we work with synergy partners as well to get a lot of that material. We work with the charities. We work with the sponsorships. And um, within our even uh, tighter knit group of the production team, we work with costuming, with audio design. There's music throughout the entire course. There's a video throughout the entire course. Our costuming team, is, uh, they're, they're crack. They're amazing. They do so such great work. We work with obviously our DCE, which is the Disney character event department. Uh, to make sure that all of the characters we have on the course are staffed and and have break space and everything else. That's why you see RVs and everywhere around. It, there's a lot to it. And so the, the best thing to do is to try and get ahead of it as best we can. And so right after springtime was done, I did the mile by mile, which is the document that sort of is the blue sky of what I want the courses to look like. We got that out in April so that people had a little bit of a runway to start working on all this to make sure we had the characters available, staffing available, and um, so forth and so on. So it's 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 quite a bit. 
Yeah, and you know, people when I we say this often at the at the finish line, it's like for for everybody. Oh, by the way, let's hear it for volunteers, everybody who works on this race. By the way, the people who work on this race will not take tomorrow off. They'll get up tomorrow and work on the next race. And, and that really is true. I think what people don't realize, and sometimes we try to bring into the start, is that, hey, you know, this wine and dine race, I'm going to use Seoul, for example, because I know that was one that was from a, what we could put on course with a little bit harder. Like, you really do try to be like, this race is Seoul themed. How can I take that through the whole course? And some people just show up and they're like, I want to see Disney characters. But talk about that thought that you try to connect the theme with what you can actually see on course. Yeah. And that's, we call that um, executing to the, to the creative. It's kind of a weird phrase, but uh, that, that sole thing that was done, those were decided in, in, in 19 prior to COVID and everyone thought uh, we would have a character from that movie by, by this time we thought we would have Raya then, which was part of that weekend as well. Luckily, we were able to get her at the last second, but we never did get Joe. Joe doesn't exist in the park. And so my thought is that, well, what's the theme of that movie? It's jazz. So let's have, uh, you know, the race uh, focus on jazz. And I'm not sure it was that successful um, based on our um, responses from the guests, which we study pretty intently. Uh, but that's what you try and do. You try and create a theme and and take it from that. Now, the previous race, that springtime surprise, it was all about the Tower of Terror. And we we don't have any access to the Rod Serling stuff. So I couldn't use any of that. And we couldn't even have Goofy in the Tower Bellhop costumes because that's not allowed anymore. So what to do? That one I got a little bit luckier with. And thought about well that the uh, the time of that event is 1939, and then just <laughs> drilled that into everyone's head, um, and that one worked a little bit better. But normally you want to try and say, yeah, we have these characters. If you're in those discussions about two years later, we do have these characters. For instance, this race, it's Alice for the 5K. We have a lot of Alice characters. The next one is Beauty and the Beast. We have a lot of of those characters, and for Encanto, we do have Mirabelle, and we possibly have couple of others that may or may not be there, which will be very exciting for folks. And um, talk about. Uh, yeah, no, I think we're going to have Bruno. <laughs> okay. So but we can't talk about it. Clearly. We can't talk, we can't about, talk it. about it. That's all I can say. Um, so you talked about soul and that you thought it wasn't successful. Um, and I thought that it was, but we know how hard you guys work and we see the big picture. And sometimes when you're running, you don't, can you talk about, do a race that you've directed where you were like, we nailed that. That one was good. People love that. I felt really good afterwards because I want I want a positive story. Well, I think the nineteen I think the springtime surprise was terrific. That was uh, we 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 thought we'd put everyone through a portal, put all the athletes through a portal with all kinds of haze and special effects lighting. We'd have Riley Claremont's voice, uh, Rod Serling esque, if you will, say how you're you're transforming into nineteen thirty nine. The first thing they see out of that is. A video screen with, you know, Green Bay Packers, Chicago Bears, 1939 uh, highlights and, and you know, Glenn Miller on the screens and uh, the DJs are playing to that. And a lot of our overlays, which are the costumes that the characters wear, were uh, looked more uh, of that era. And and I think the uh, the athletes loved it. Also, it was one of the first races in a while that ran all the way through the studios, including Batu and including uh, Toy Story. And so they were thrilled with that. And it was overall a great, a great event and a great success. The next one that was that kind of high uh, appreciation was the marathon last year, which was the 90s theme, which was sort of like taking candy from a baby, sort of, you know, uh, <laughs> Us millennials are easy to please, but in that sense, <laughs> it's just so uh, relatively easy to to have a huge win on that one because there's so many fun, rare characters now uh, from that era that so met so many folks who are pretty much right in the center of the demographic right now for Run Disney uh, could appreciate. It was nostalgic. We could curate the entire race with '90s music. It was it was a blast, and uh, all of the design elements, all of the look, was very much of that era. All the characters, a lot of them from the Disney Afternoon brand. We got Goofy and the Power Line and Max. It was you know a big hit. So that yeah. was a lot of fun. yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. 
it, it really was. And we got a lot of really good feedback from that as well. And I think it's, you know, it's, it's interesting because you mentioned you get feedback from people and they don't like things and don't certain things. I, I mean, I would equate it to going to a concert and I mentioned the Rolling Stones because you and I kind of obsessed with the Stones. It's like, I don't ever need to hear them play Satisfaction again. But if it's your first time seeing the Stones. So if you come to a Walt Disney World race and you're expecting to see, you know, the, the heavy hitter characters and stuff and you don't that, you know, it's it's going to be a little bit uh difficult but you can't you know you can't please everybody and i think you guys do an amazing job pleasing the largest amount of people and i am so pained that i just gave you a compliment uh that i'm i'm gonna have to back off of that uh, for, for a second i know recorded. i know and this is being recorded so damn it edit it out weston nope. uh, i want to ask I, you because my own private recording happening right now so <laughs> i want to ask you this i want to touch on this too because we're rehearsing at 2 a.m when you're just giving me a hard time <laughs> uh, well there, there's a question about that coming up as well but uh, the um, when you mentioned working with uh, the, the track shack people and, and everything, do, do you have any input on uh, the layout of the course at all? I mean, I know it's that is such a that is such a difficult thing to do. And I want to I want to encourage everybody who takes part in the races who may have complaints about that. The, the logistics of doing something like that deal, particularly you're talking marathon and half marathons where you're dealing with multiple parks and everything is very, very difficult. But do you have any input on that at all? Zero. Okay. That's, that's them working it out with. Uh, so the fact that I gave everybody your phone number uh, and your email address, if they have any issues with it, probably not a great idea on my part. Well, it wouldn't help. That's the, that they, okay. they would be frustrated and they, that, you know, they could, they could have all kinds of uh keyboard courage and uh, go <laughs> after me, but um, wouldn't, wouldn't matter. Um, but the thing is, is that they do a really good job and they factor in a lot of different things and they 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 have to factor in park hours, you know, because the parks, it's interesting when when all of this started back in the early 90s, the parks couldn't wait for us for, for this event because this was going to bring people in in January. This was for the the full marathon at a, at a traditionally very low time uh, for park attendance. Now uh, it the parks are just doing so well that they're like, um, yeah, really, we have to, you know, it it they have to now deal with us, and and it makes perfect sense because they don't necessarily need us anymore, but we have to work with them. We partner with them. The parks are great; they they treat us great. But it's that that's a very uh, uh kind of um tricky balance that they have to figure out. Into that, they tried it keep the races as much off the main roads as possible, but that's also hard to do, especially the longer the, the distances. Um, but yeah, they, they basically tell us the course and, and they're getting better and better at, and giving us the course earlier in the process so that we can take that document that has the mile by mile with all the entertainment elements on it, whether it's video screens or DJs or scenic or characters, and we can then place it properly, uh, uh, in between medical tents, in between water stops and the like. So uh, it's it's a tough gig for them to do that, but that's that's all on them. So that's why when we got all that love for Springtime Surprise, a lot of it was about the course and not the entertainment, but that's not how I viewed it. I think the hosts got very, very high ratings. I'd just like to say at least. Uh, the hosts someone. get huge ratings, by the way. The hosts get huge ratings and that's why they keep, you know, they keep uh, bringing you back. And they keep just throwing money at you. Feels like a lot. Feels like a lot. <laughs> Excellent. He's he's memorized some of the lines I told him that he had to say, and if he's going to be on the show. All right, I want to ask you this: the last week or so before the race, because you know, you and I, you know, again, was, you know, Mark and I are very close friends, and we've spent. There were days where we spent more time together than we did with our significant others, because we did radio show together, and we worked at the club, and we did all these events and stuff together. But that last week before the race, I know, is just. I mean, it, it, it's it's a, to, to quote the great late Levon Helm, it's an adult portion for you guys who are putting the race on. What is that last week like and what occupies most of your time at that point? Well, um, everyone else are, are working so hard. The 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 entertainment team are putting together these stages, putting together these trusses, you know, doing all these overnights, hanging lights putting scenic out. Now, a lot of the scenic happens the, the, the night of, of the race, obviously, because you can't, you know, do anything on the roads prior to that. But uh, then of course, all the volunteers and all those tents that are out there, uh, those are all being put up. All the people working the expo, they're 
uh, doing all that. So what we do is we have a lot of art at the expo, a lot of the big, huge window clings, and a lot of the character meet and greets, and a lot of those backdrops that we are installing early in the week uh, at the expo. And then we are also having uh, our paper text is what we call it in the biz, where we go through step by step with with the stage managers every cue on on those start line stages and every th- every throw to a to a lower third for instance every throw to a video every uh, play on audio play on for all of the uh, speakers that we have and the sports hosts uh, we look at camera shots we you know we have to set up all that audio set up all those uh, antennas. Um, and, uh, we have to place our, we, you know, we, we do a final drive of the entire course that week as well, where we stick real estate signs in the ground. Uh, and I'm giving away the secret because there, there, we have been, we have seen people follow us during that they've seen, they've seen that that's what we're, they're doing. So they get a up close preview of what they're going to see on the course. Wow. Uh, put everything in there, whether it's an audio chain, whether it's a video wall, whether it's a character location, we, we demarcate where the RV is going to be, where the lines are going to go. We have to think about all that stuff because the whole idea out on the course is that you want athletes as they're racing to see the character, a clear shot of the character as from the furthest distance as possible. And oftentimes we've had RVs block it or the lines block it. So those poor folks have to race through and go all the way to the, all the way to the character first before they decide to get back in the line. So now we've, now we've thought about, we have these paddles now that are at the end. I was going to say, those were very helpful to me because you let me run sometimes and I give you feedback and I loved, loved the paddles. Everyone loves the paddles. That was a, uh, a, an idea of our, our GM Rachel that followed Ray, our GM there. And, um, Rachel's now, uh, bigger and better jobs, but, um, that's, that's a great thing. So we do a lot of that stuff, John. And then of course we have our rehearsals with the sports hosts. We have our fittings with the sports hosts and, um, and we go from there. we make sure we get scripts and cards, the cards, (laughs) getting the scripts and the cards. No one will ever know. No one will ever know the kind of work it takes to do all that. Um, and luckily now these days we have uh, very, very diligent production assistants that handle all that stuff. But back in the day, man, I was, <laughs> I was printing, uh, printing out cards and the deforestation of the rainforest from the trees that died when uh, having to do that is uh, it's still something I weep about at night when I'm, uh, you know, wondering about how my life didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. <clears throat> Yeah, that's I mean, I think we can really kind of take that as our next chapter of this particular interview. I think we should just get I think we should unpack all that, Johnny. What do you think? We could go no, on for no, hours. There's not, there's not. We don't. Yeah, we don't have we don't have the time there. But I will say what you guys do in the text do building an entire stage and the screens overnight in the middle of a road and having it work when we try to fire it up at 4 a.m. That is absolutely miraculous. So on race day, let's talk about a Sunday race day. Cause that's usually our, our marquee or longest day. What is your timeline like on a Sunday race day? Well, it's, it's similar to y'all's I'm, I'm probably there at about midnight. Uh, we get there, the texts get there about 1230 or so. And, um, everything's already set up. We've already had a weekend full of races and, um, we just get everything ready to go for all the sound checks, all the camera checks, and uh, uh, that's what happens at the start line. Actually, that Sunday is probably one of the easier days because we've already had two days of shows and we're in a groove. Um, now, that's assuming we're in the same parking lot. For years, for years, we had to, after the 10K, we'd have to just strike everything and then build a brand new stage on Epcot Center Drive. It was crazy. Never have time to rehearse, never have time to, to check cameras. Because they barely got the stage up by the time uh, the the first athletes started coming in. You know, maybe there was a three hour gap there. Maybe. How about All right. That? Well, listen. Uh, I, I, let's uh, let's just move on because the I don't, I don't want you to have to give away too I, many secrets here. Gotten bored by me at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so this is like the Merchant Ivory of our podcast, Merchant Ivory film of our podcast. I mean, you know, it looks good. I, I think certainly, but. 
but 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 in the end, the pacing is is uh, you know it's 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 not the greatest. But we'll we'll, we'll move on and see if we can rise above it. We, there there are other parts of the podcast. The interview is not the whole thing, Mark. We'll no. we'll uh, don't worry. We'll we'll we'll, we'll we'll make it work outside of that. On, on yeah. me? No, we talk about other things. There's there's parts you won't see, Mark. So yeah. we want you to be delighted. Yeah, there's parts. Yeah, when you hear the full the full thing. All right, Mark, I set the bar pretty low on this. You managed to wiggle under it as I expected you would. Uh, but thanks for thanks for taking some time. No, honestly, and I, I know how busy you are because we're less than a you know a month out as we're recording this or around a month out from uh, from the race. Uh, so I leave you with this new Rolling Stone single drop today. It's absolutely perfect uh, that we end on that. Go listen to that. Thanks so much, Mark Ferrer, our entertainment director. My brother from another mother. Tell Nana I said hi, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank you very much. Great show, y'all, and uh, we'll see you very, very soon. All right, athletes, here's the drill. Time to shape up your diet. Carissa, give them the goods. All right, today we're going to talk about something that is universal. We've talked before about how everybody, we have, most of us have tried to lose weight, but then there's cravings that come along with it and there's emotional eating. So when we look at weight loss as a physical journey, as a dietitian, and a lot of our training in nutrition school centered on this, that it's an emotional one. And one of the most formidable challenges is managing cravings and the tendency to turn to food for stress, for boredom, for emotional turmoil, because I always have that glass of wine at night and that lets my body know, my brain know that I get to sort of relax. So do you find yourself that you deal with these demons as well, John? Yeah, I think mainly for me, it's kind of a, a a boredom thing. Sometimes I eat for sport if I'm watching a game or something. You know, you, you do that, and I I don't really drink a lot anymore. I just kind of save that up for a night out. Um, but yeah, you know, you grab a if you grab a beer while you're watching a game, well, you're gonna get some you know some chips and salsa at least or something at, at best, frankly for me. And then it could even move on to you know chili dogs and all that sort of thing. So yeah, that's mainly for me. It's kind of a a boredom, and then you know you just have that um, that's your tendency of what you do, and that's it. I'm watching a game, going to have a beer or soda, and I'm going to have something to eat with it. When do I really need that? Generally, I don't. But you've planned for that. So there's basically five different techniques you can use if you're someone who's in an area where you're like my my nutrition goals are being hampered by this so i have to find a way out and sheer willpower does not work and and the reason why is it's a muscle it's eventually going to give out you know and and we do build up willpower but awareness is a better avenue so being mindful by turning into your cues where am i actually hungry or is this an emotional trigger at play so if it's a snack or between meals just ask yourself that. Now, it's okay if you realize that it's an emotional trigger and you're still going to snack, but it's building up this awareness of yourself. And that can come from logging. That can come from just a 10 second pause. Five minutes, 15 minutes is usually enough to outweigh like a want. So kind of walking away. Substitution. So if you're going to eat at a game, you talked about adding in the crudite platter, continuing to do things like that, where you're kind of 50-50ing it, where you're adding in better substitutions. Also, think about non-food ways to cope with emotions. If it's I'm stressed and I just want to sit down and eat a bag of chips, what could we do first instead? Is it meditation? Is it journaling? Is it engaging in a different healthy hobby that you might enjoy and not give yourself time to do? And then do seek support. If you find that, you know, my emotional eating is causing my health to, to decline or things like that, connect with friends or family or a community group of people that you can turn to that aren't going to judge you, that are going to allow you to work through that and then plan ahead. So I'm a big meal planner. I always have snacks in the car because impulsive choices can be driven by hangry and they can be driven by emotion. So weight loss is not a simple calories in calories out. There's so much more that goes into it. And at Healthier You, we do try to create a positive relationship with with you and your food journey and and whatever your health journey is. So go to GallowayCourse.com find out about it. It's a 12 week program at the fall. We're giving out a three day meal plan. So you sign up, I'll get an email. I'll email you and say, what do you want in your meal plan? I'll send you a custom three day meal plan to get you started. And you can use the code podcast for $150 off. Athletes, listen up. It's mail call time. Announcer free present. All right, Sarge, let's open up the mailbag for a question. Is this true? Just for me? It's just for you. I'm just going to sit here and smile. Wow, from Instagram, which I'm desperately trying to learn, Tony Eckersley says he heard John sing on the DVC cruise. So sorry, I know you 
you, you ponied up a lot for that. And he wants to know more about my musical theater experience. Thank you for saying, uh, or lack of musical theater experience, Tony. Uh, all right, here's the here's the quick story. Um, when I grew growing up, my dad worked at the White House, and I grew up in the Washington D.C. area. Did entertainment lighting for all the entertainment that came into the White House, and part of what he would get from that is he would generally get uh, they had Broadway shows in or uh, singers. This is the you know 60s, 70s, early 80s. He would get albums from them, and as a kid, those were my earliest musical. The things that I listen to musically is I listen to a lot of cast albums for Camelot and 1776, which is the show that I love the most. And um, I did some theater as a kid and really not much musical wise, though I really always loved them, but I was scared to sing and didn't have any training for that. Um, jump forward, I'm 24 years old and I'm in college in Gainesville and um, the local theater, the local community theater, Gainesville Community Playhouse was doing 1776, which is the musical. I have 1776 tattoo. It kind of changed my life once when I first heard it. And then this time I auditioned, got the role of John Adams, which is the lead, by the way. Thank you. I'll be here. Uh, and that just started me doing more shows in Gainesville. I did company. I did some Gilbert and Sullivan. And, uh, it's just always was the thing that I enjoyed doing on stage the most. I don't get to do it very often anymore. When I moved to Orlando, uh, the only singing I really did on stage for any shows that I did is I used to do the Beetlejuice graveyard review as Beetlejuice and the, the show, uh, uh, the, the, uh, the Ghostbusters show. I can't remember what, uh, what, what the name of it was, but on the steps of the New York library there at, uh, Universal Studios. So I'd sing as Beetlejuice, but, uh, every now and then I get to pop in. Carissa saw the production of Ragtime that I was lucky enough to do here at the Garden Theater. And, uh, that, that's really it. I mean, I've had a, a little bit of musical training. Uh, a couple of my directors were also voice teachers and generally had to work with me to get me, to get me where I needed to be when I was Bobby and company, and then a couple other things that I did. So that that's it. I mean, it's just, I, it, I, and Carissa, you know this, the vast majority of people who started out their career as an actor, which which I did, have done musical theater because that's what's presented in community theaters and high schools. And I didn't really have a high school theater program, but you 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 do musicals. And it is my favorite thing to do. Uh, and I appreciate that Tony uh, asked the question. I hope I, I, I think I held up well for my little, uh, my little Frollo song uh, on the, on the DVC cruise. I doubt that I'll get to do much more of that though. Uh, you know, Mark Ferreira is actually my director for that as well. And it was his idea to have me sing on stage. So there you go. A far too long answer for a short question, but it's just, it's my favorite thing to do. I've gotten to do not enough of it in my lifetime and I hope to do some more. Yeah. And I think when you did, you did ragtime, you know, we talked about that, like how much time you had to put in Yeah, and, and you're just not paid that well. So everybody's doing it for love. And, you know, I know yeah. we had all strikes going on with the actors and the writers and there's just, there's not the money. So if you can, when you're out there, support your community theater, you know, all go live there. theater, get out there. All and live, theater live theater because theater. you're supporting people, people's dreams and you can be, you know, transported by it. So please continue to support the people in the arts so that people like Johnny all over the country can get to do things that they love. All right, you guys, thank you so much. We can't wait to see you at Wine and Dine. We will have an awesome Wine and Dine recap episode after the race weekend. But for now, get out there, get moving, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.